0: So, I will not lose my voice, that's the plan for today. If I do, bear with me. I would like to continue the focus uh, on the non-human colleagues and collaborators and companions of ours. Maybe I should start there. Because as we know, Earth is home to millions of species, but only one dominates it, us. As you probably know, we are around 7.6 billion people on Earth today. But despite this large number, did you know that we only represent 0.01% of all living things on Earth? We are one species in a community of 8.7 million. However, we tend to forget this fact because most people, at least in our parts of the world, have a worldview that's anthropocentric or human-centered. It maintains the idea that we're not part of nature, that we are separated from nature. We think we can manage it and use it, uh, also because we need to fulfill our ever-increasing wants and needs. Another assumption is that we are the most important and intelligent of all species. And with our knowledge, we can control nature. But think about it for a second. How do you see the world? And how do you see your place in the world? And what mindset determines your everyday acts in life and in life? Work, for example, in general. Because of human ambition, our activities have modified almost every part of our planet, and now there's talk of colonizing another planet, Mars. Mr. Musk, for example, he believes that us humans, we are so superior that we can actually recreate Earth's life-supporting systems on Mars. And I will take you there in a bit, but let's make some earthly matters clear first. Well, what non-agency believes in is that our anthropocentric view, our disconnection to nature, and our perceived dominance over other species has provided us with a false sense of justification to ignorantly exploit and consume other species and the planet. I'm sure there might be some skeptics out here today. You want proof, maybe, and I don't blame you. We live in and are very shaped by our own time of reason and logic. And this is the age of measurability, and we solve our problems by measuring and quantifying. Well, according to the Anthropocene Review, we can now quantify the weight of human inference on Earth. (coughs) So, if you love statistics, I would gladly share this link with you in the break. But the main point here, to make it a bit quick, is that based on our current technosphere, which is everything that us humans produce, the total sum of our material output on Earth today is over 30 trillion tons. And this figure demonstrates that this has more than doubled prior to human civilization on Earth. And the reason for these numbers is, of course, that current design practices, businesses in general, tend to optimise for profit, as we know, and thus fail to consider the larger cumulative impact of those activities over time, which eventually and, of course, inevitably, leads to catastrophic collapse of systems, like we can see in global financial instability, but, of course, also climate change. So, if we are to restore and create healthy systems, we need to develop new approaches to design and businesses that will allow us to find new paths forward. So, how do we begin to design for better futures, where all species can benefit and thrive, and benefit from the activity of each other? Well, here's a challenge for all of you. Since the development of technology today is primarily created for human application, what would happen if you took other species into consideration? Could you design applications of emerging technology that can help sustain all life on Earth? Non-agency believe that with nature as our mentor, we can learn from its 3.8 3.8 billion years of knowledge. Also at nonagency, we work with multi-species thinking to generate greater empathy and recognition of non-human organisms. It requires thinking with and accepting that us humans, we are fully entangled with and dependent on other species. And the reason for this type of thinking is that we're trying to encourage an ethos of care. So our point here is that we need to shift from human-centered design to a more multi-species approach. So I'm positive that a majority of you guys are familiar with the foundational principle of human-centered design. That is, you should truly try to understand the people who is experiencing a problem before you're trying to design a solution to serve them. So empathy, it's about understanding the problem by immersing yourself into the community that will be affected by your design. But what if instead we immerse ourselves into the communities of other species that for sure are influenced and impacted by our designs. Can we begin to understand how to design in a manner that reduces impact and creates benefits for all? The business world might find this far-fetched, and that's why we at non-agency use speculative design to examine alternative futures through abstraction We can design free from constraints, but still leading to radical innovations, here and now. Um, To give you an example, uh, yesterday we opened the exhibition that we curated. The project is called The Age of Entanglements, here in Malmö. This exhibition is showing the process of eight international design studios that are working with the planet of Mars as a projection plane for speculation and critique. So the purpose with this is to create spaces for discussion and debate, not only on the moral issues of colonizing another planet, but ultimately what it means being human on Earth today. The foundational question for this exhibition and the whole project is, is it easier to imagine life on Mars than to take care of life on Earth? So, to set the tone, we posed some critical questions for the designers to respond to. For example, businesses are already looking beyond the current take-make-waste extractive industrial model by adopting a more circular economy, which aims to design waste out of the system and also to um, transition into more Um, renewable energy sources, but is this enough? What if instead of just taking from nature, we would exchange with nature? A completely closed loop without the need of a notion of waste at all. As we know, species play different roles in our ecosystems. And some of these roles are in the forms of producers like algae, plants and so on, but also decomposers, microorganisms that break down dead plants and animal bodies and bring it back into the ecosystem as energy or nutrients, and of course consumers. And consumers cannot manufacture their own food, but need to consume other species and organisms. And of course, we humans fall in this category. But what if we could adapt or change our behaviors, our systems, in terms of becoming more like producers? What if the roles were reversed? Tears are salty, but they're also a rich source of protein. Did you know that each tiny drop of a tear can contain 200 times more protein than sweat? One of our designers in this exhibition She's posing the question, what if we produce tears for other species? What if we fed them? It's not as far from reality as it may first seem. Our blood, our sweat, and our tears are regularly harvested by many other species. Sometimes we consider those species pests, like mosquitoes, mites, ticks, moths. This work is really challenging which species are perceived as worthy of life on Mars. What species are going to Mars? The designer explores if we can create post-anthropocentric ways of living by choosing to use our own bodies to feed and enable survival of other species. Did you know that 99% of the human body is made up of only six elements. Oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium and phosphorus. All 11 of these are really necessary for life. But not all trace elements play a role in life. Could these trace elements potentially be used to feed other species in exchange for resources that they don't need? This project, The Body Garden, starts from this idea. For lack of better alternatives, organic waste created by the human body becomes increasingly valuable on Mars. The designer manifests the concept of the human body as a garden, to grow, to harvest, to use bodily materials. What once was regarded as trash turns into vital resources to to sustain the everyday life on the red planet. Another example from the exhibition is this project, Planetary Personhood. When considering colonization of Mars, the planet is often taken to be an empty place, a blank canvas, a void of life. As scientists continue to search for microscopic forms of life or even fossil traces of it, this project, Planetary Personhood, takes the opposite approach. Extending compassion and respect beyond the constructed life-non-life boundary. So these designers propose independent personhood for the entire planet of Mars. Legally, Mars would be owned by Mars. Any decisions regarding Martian matters would ultimately be taken by Mars itself. So this project also recognizes all the non-sentient, non-human beings already there, like the rocks, as Martians. And that's a bit funny, but here on Earth, this is not new. For example, The Maori people of New Zealand see the living world as an extended relationship network in which humans are neither superior nor inferior to any other life form. All are linked and shared by descent from Earth and sky. And similar beliefs can be found among many other indigenous populations around the world. In Maori understanding, this river is indeed a person, an ancestor. And in 2017, New Zealand recognized this in law, and henceforth, the river possesses all the rights of a legal person. This is important because, of course, ever since the European settlers came in the late 1800s, this river has been degraded, disgraced and damaged, and we see examples of this all over the world where nature is being capitalized upon. So if we consider the human as parts of nature and place ourselves back into the food chain, perhaps we can encourage a sense of mutuality, empathy, and reciprocity. We mustn't forget that we, our bodies, are made up of organisms. There is a community of 38 billion microorganisms living on us and in us, Passed on from our mothers, this is our microbiome, our non-human half, and we can't live without it. Indeed, we are multi-species beings. If you're interested in these questions, you're welcome to contact us at Non-Human Agency, and I also welcome you to Form Design Center on Friday noon. I will do a guided tour of this exhibition. Thank you so much for bringing us here.